Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 ed martin and the pro america report on the answer san diego welcome 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 ed martin here on the pro america report great to be with you tonight what a week holy cow what a week Oh, man. Well, great to be together. And uh, thank you for listening to the program and uh, for spending some time together here on a uh, Friday night as you get ready for things. We'll have a couple of interviews tonight. Uh, my friend and colleague, uh, Jordan Henry, who is an extraordinary young uh, researcher and writer, will join us and talk about a project in a few weeks, probably two or three weeks now. The Hollywood will come after Phyllis Schlafly with a new $50 million program called Mrs. America, where they try to slur my old boss, Phyllis Schlafly, and uh, say that she was this, that, and the other thing. So we'll talk with him about that. And we also will have uh, Anthony uh, Cabasa, who is the president, uh, chairman of the uh, California uh, Hispanic Assembly. We'll hear from him, too. He's an interesting man. It'd be great to catch up. So looking forward to that. All right. Here we go, um, another night um, as we settle into the weekend. I hope that you're okay. Uh, obviously, in California, um, staying home, uh, except for non-essential travel, is the norm now, and um, it's a reality. So, um, first of all, you should know there's an extraordinary number of people who spend a lot of time uh, praying for and worrying about and working for the good of uh, all folks in our community, and I hope you are uh, okay and, and doing well, and we want to just encourage people to look out for each other. So, first of all, again, thank you for listening. It's Ed Martin, Pro America Report. You can um, uh, you can uh, be in touch, and please do. Let me know what's going on, how you're holding up. You can uh, be in touch with me directly, ed at edmartinlive.com, ed at edmartinlive.com. You can go to edmartinlive.com, by the way, and sign up for our email, which goes out every morning at 5 a.m. Pacific time. You'll like it. Trust me. Go there and sign up. Or you can go directly on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, or even more directly by a text, 314-256-1776, 314-256-1776. 1776. Uh, be in touch. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know how things are going in your family with yourself. Uh, if you need somebody to give you a ring, text me. I'll call you back. I promise you. I'm spending a lot of time at home with my family, and I promised myself I would do less texting, less uh, emailing, and more phone calls. So if you want to uh, catch up, you want a phone call, give me a, give, text me, email me, send me your number, and I'll give you a call because uh, it's important we keep touching each other, being connected. It's just an important time. So, all right. I, I feel like there's a lot to cover. I feel like there's things we should say, and I'll say some of them later on. Towards the end of the program, I'm going to vent on some of the corruption in Washington, D.C. Uh, but right now, I want to draw your attention to a story out of Poland. Now, some of you know that have listened closely to the program. I have grown very affectionate for Poland. Uh, I I went over and spent uh, 10 or 12 days there, gave some speeches. Uh, also, uh, my friend uh, Dominic Tarzinski and his wife Aga are, have become friends of my family. They've come to America. He's in the European Parliament now, but he was in the lower house of the Polish, uh, uh, what is it called, Parliament, I guess. 
and uh, just lovely people. So in Poland, one of the things that's happened, it's kind of a pay it forward deal, is uh, Polish folks have started sending takeout food from restaurants uh, to medical workers, to workers in hospitals and clinics and places, which seems to me to be the perfect idea, really good idea, because... If you think about it, I've been trying. I've been trying to order. I ordered up takeout pizza tonight. Um, a couple of days ago, we had some food from one of our local restaurants. You know, trying to buy from people that are trying to survive seems really important to me. And I'm glad people are doing it. But this is a really good idea. You know, these, I just want to sort of pause. You, 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 close listeners know that I am married to a doctor, physician, internal medicine doctor, geriatrics specialty. And so I have a sort of view on this. Um, and so I, I'm a little biased, but my bias is showing. And I'll tell you this, you know, we're in a war and the combatants as different than 9-11 and the period afterwards, it's not the Marines now. I mean, the Marines are still heroes and the Army, Navy, Air Force, uh, Coast Guard, all of them are service members. I'm not saying it's the same thing because those guys run towards bullets. But, you know, healthcare workers right now, they're running towards the virus. They're running towards the virus. And in pl- other parts of the world, it's not infrequent that you hear the characterization, the description, forget characterization, description of these heroes, doctors, nurses, aides, who are running towards the virus and they pay the ultimate price. So, you know, we have, it's wonderful in a weird way, a sad way, a tragic way, we have a, a living, breathing example of what real heroism is. You know, the teaching is, uh, um, is uh, what greater love has a man for than to lay down his life for his brother. And we have people that are doing it for a stranger. And they're running towards uh, the virus. They're doing their job that they were called to. And in a world where uh, people's um, professions have become sort of just something they do as opposed to who they are, it's a striking thing to see these people that are willing to uh, to run towards the virus, towards service in hospitals and clinics. And here's the thing. It's Friday, March 20th. You think you've seen some acts of heroism now? You ain't seen nothing like what's coming. Because as the infection rate goes up, it's going to be more um, more dangerous for people who are serving as physicians and nurses' aides and nurses and everything than it's ever been. And so we're going to have the stories, not just of uh, people that are suffering serious illness. And by the way, I keep hoping that we'll have this story where it'll be almost everybody you've ever heard of had a bad flu and didn't die. That's what we want, right? I mean, I don't want anybody to have a bad flu, but I mean, if it's ideal, the ideal thing would be lots of people that are sick and they get better. Right. And we work we work through it together to get each other better. But I think you're going to have some people that are running towards the virus that end up paying the ultimate price, meaning that they die to serve doctors, nurses, uh, every aid, every level of aid in the hospital. I think that's what's coming. And so what I'm trying to say now is refocus your prayers and then take the Polish example. And do something great, like send food to your local hospital for people to get. You're stimulating the economy of the local restaurant or pizzeria or whoever, and you're also giving some. And just turn your focus 
as much as you can towards the power of what is happening in our uh, in our communities, because the these are these are people that are giving um, they're giving something more than we ever expected uh, and that they ever expected in a way. I mean, you know, my wife will tell you that when she became a doctor, you take the Hippocratic Oath and you have these all kinds of things that you, you know, you definitely um, you definitely uh, are aware that you're, you know, in a calling. It's a bigger than just yourself. So it's not like that's a surprise to folks like her. But it's not um, it's not as dramatic as we're seeing now. I remember watching, and to many of you, this is the recently it was an anniversary. I'm not sure what the date was of Mash, the TV show. And if you watch Mash, the TV show, it was an extraordinary show, right? It was on weekly for years, and um, those folks you really grew to know, you know, Hawkeye Pierce and uh, and uh, Hot Lips Houlihan and all these people who were working there. And um, they served, and they served on the front line. And every now and then, I think one of the one of the uh, commanding officers, maybe he left and he died in a plane, in an aircraft, in a helicopter crash, and it drove home. Uh, oh, and and I know in one of the episodes, one of the people who they helped um, heal went back to the front and was killed almost instantly somehow. And so you know, you you those lessons, those stories that were told were extraordinary. But here's the thing: the heroes are real around us and we have to rejoice in the heroes and let me say something else about that today earlier today i don't know if you're watching these i hope you are they're like america's fireside chats about noon each day the president and his team will do a briefing and today the president got really mad at this reporter which i'm not dwelling on these reporters i don't care i don't care to spend my energy worrying about fake news and liars and all but the president got really mad because the president said and he's right He said he's hoping and he's working, being optimistic for hope that there's got to be some good. uh, And we're talking about this chloroquine and and quinine possibility that it might be something that could help people. And he said he wants to be hopeful. And the reporter was like, well, aren't you giving people false hope? And he said, you know, you're, you're nasty. He said people need hope. They need to believe that things will be better because if you believe things will be better, they'll get better. That's how it works. Not every time, not on the schedule you want. But if you look around you and see the extraordinary acts of courage and kindness that are happening, you need to be encouraged. You need to be hopeful. You need to be awake and alive to what's happening because it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary and it's wonderful and it's really good. It's really good. And so I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're in. I think there'll be some breakthroughs. I think there'll be some things, but mostly we're going to have to just get our way through it. There's going to be technology that helps. There's going to be care that can help. There's going to be things that can help. But ultimately, you know, we're seeing that people are dying. I I, I think I told you, I went to Bergamo and I went to uh, Parma and I went to Milan and I went to Verona and I went to Venice and Pisa and Florence last year, a year ago right now with my family. Extraordinary vacation. And we had meals with folks in Parma and places and their families from Bergamo and their neighbors. I'm texting with them. Their neighbors are dying. People are dying. There's a sadness here and a realness about this that's coming home to us. But ultimately, what you need to know, I'm sorry, I'm ranting a little bit. What you need to know is the heroes among us, especially healthcare workers, but the heroes among us in every way that are making a difference, rejoice in that, encourage that, and work hard to celebrate that, do things to help them. 
And just keep going. Keep going. Get up in the morning. Go, go, go. Get up in the morning. Go, go, go. Doesn't mean you go out, but take care of yourself. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll get uh, this great Jordan Henry. We'll visit with him. And then after that, we will speak with uh, uh, Anthony Cabasa. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And our old friend hasn't been on the show in far too long. He used to be, a, a, he used to be almost a daily uh, uh, guest. Is Jordan Henry, who wears many, many hats at the, uh, in the Phyllis Schlafly Organization and Eagle Forum Educational Legal Defense Fund. He's the research director right there at the Phyllis Schlafly Center in the heart of America, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, but he also does a bunch of writing. And he is right now the curator of a very special website that I wanted to bring him on to talk about because a lot of people are stuck at home a lot of people are going to watch more uh, dumb tv and we want to if you're going to watch dumb tv we want to give you the antidote to dumb tv that could maybe that could go on your resume uh jordan the antidote to dumb tv jordan henry so welcome back jordan how are you hey doing great ed happy to be with you to talk about this great project we're doing at realmrsamerica.com yeah, so the, so let's set this up. Mrs. America is a is a Hulu FX series that is scheduled to be released on August fifteenth. It's nine hours long, and what do we know about what's coming out with Mrs. America? What, what give me give our listeners a sort of thumbnail on it? So on April fifteenth, uh, Hulu is going to be dropping the first three episodes of this this TV show about Phyllis Schlafly. I guess it's not a TV show if it's on Netflix, but anyway, or uh, on Hulu, I should say. Whatever. But anyway, uh, they're going to be dropping the first three episodes on April the 15th and then dropping another episode for the next six weeks after that. And so uh, we're just we're here at realmrsamerica.com ready to um, kind of respond to the show and to uh, paint perhaps a more accurate picture of who Phyllis Schlafly was and, and the incredible work that she did for uh, 70 plus years uh, in, in uh, conservative politics. Uh, we're talking with Jordan Henry, and, and the website is realmrsamerica.com. But, uh, but before we get to that, let's say what the let's vaguely describe what we know about the series. It's nine hours. It catalogs the uh, ERA fight from the 70s with Phyllis Schlafly at the center, Gloria Steinem, a few other the feminists in this sort of battle, which, of course, as I, I like to say to our, our friends and, and even our, our, our opponents on this, we know how that story ended. ERA was going to pass because everybody thought it was great. Great Phyllis Schlafly and a gang of, of mostly housewives stopped it and, and won. So we know how it goes. But what's your sense, uh, some of the details and some of the trailer that you've seen on what they're likely to do? Or can you tell? Or what's, what's your gut telling you? Well, uh, the best thing that our listeners can do here to uh, find out more about about the trailer is to go to realmrsamerica.com and, and look at the uh, fact check that we did of the trailer. It's 14 minutes long. It'll tell you everything you need to know about it. But basically, in a nutshell, uh, what we see is that they are going to be uh, doing what Hollywood does, and that is uh, dismantling the truth, saying that it's based on true events but in reality it's it's nothing but uh, hollywood not history it's hollywood it's them uh insulting her and her intellect uh her passion her compassion uh just attacking her on every front from her public facing side to her family and up and down the line it's it really it's really really disgusting to see it happen uh, especially when we're talking about a woman who really single-handedly 
saved America from a lot of really bad things that were hidden there in that Equal Rights Amendment that you uh, referenced earlier. This would have been detrimental to the American family, the basic building block of our society. Phyllis Schlafly was really the only major conservative leader at the beginning who was willing to stand up and, uh, and, and say no. Uh, and then thanks to her efforts, it was uh, it was, in fact, defeated. And now Hollywood is here 40 years later trying to come after her and uh, ruin her uh, posthumously uh, for all of the great work that she did. Uh, we're talking with Jordan Henry. And again, the website is real Mrs. America dot com. Um, and. Uh, uh, let me um, one thing I, I, I want to see that you go to the website, you see lots of pictures, lots of descriptions, lots of things happening there. It's worth worth checking it out. But uh, Jordan, you had over the last few years, you've had a number of different kinds of research projects where you, had, you know, you read all of the Phyllis Schlafly reports back 50 years because you were doing a celebration of all those years. You did. You've listened to a bunch of her speeches. Take a minute and describe. I, I often tell people if I was a feminist, I'd look at Phyllis Schlafly and say she should be a model you know for what we want she she had everything i mean she used to say phyllis used to say i had it all just not all at once i mean she had different skills different uh experiences had a family and a husband all this stuff uh but give me your um you know kind of listeners out there saying oh who's phyllis schlafly in terms of the talents that she had and what you can see in in your research well, early in Phyllis's life, uh, well, she, first, of, of course, she uh, went to college long before that was the norm for uh, most young women and uh, discovered a love of politics, uh, kind of by accident, because a class in politics was the only one that fit into her course schedule. And really, it's an interesting story. But uh, then she goes into uh, campaigning, does some work there. Then she starts uh, talking about her first real passion, which was defense uh, and strategy and beating the Soviets and anti-communism and all that fun stuff. And then this matter of the Equal Rights Amendment came up, and she discovered what she's best known for, really, and that is uh, taking grassroots activists or aspiring grassroots activists, really, people who are passionate about politics but don't know how to express that, and she gave them a voice. She gave them a pathway through which they could get connected to the legislative process and make a real difference. And it's from her, a smart leader, mobilizing all of those countless millions of, of uh, wives and mothers around the nation and and giving them an outlet, not not telling them what to believe even, but just giving them an outlet for the beliefs that they held. And that was how uh, she made a real difference. And she, of course, did that on so many other issues, too. But really, the signature issue is what they're covering in the show, uh, which is uh, feminism and, and the Equal Rights Amendment. Yeah, and and uh, I, I push it again. Uh, RealMrsAmerica dot com. You're going to see a lot. I think that the uh, the, the, the as uh, she used to call them, the women's libbers are, are their uh, the feminazis, as Rush called them, are are, are pushing to have a re look at the ERA, and and so you're going to see this series come out in about three weeks, uh, Mrs. America, and you want to go to Real Mrs. America to find out. And uh, you know, I, you're including in these. I am looking at it now. There's um, you've got a photo of the day, right? Is that right? Is it a photo of the day? And if people want. To um, get on your email list, uh, how where do they go, Jordan? Well, they can go to phyllisschlafly.com. That that's how they can get on the email list. That's P H uh, Y L L I S. Uh, that's Phyllis, and then S C H L A F L Y 
schlafly.com and uh, there's a link right there where you can sign up uh, to get all of our uh, email updates and so you can be uh, kept abreast of what's going on at realmrsamerica.com the um uh jordan if you had to uh bet i know you you're not a betting man but if you had to bet how ugly do you think the fx hulu series will be uh i'm i'm i i really think that uh hollywood is going to do their very best to throw everything that they can uh at phyllis and at her legacy um it's you know, sad to say but i mean we're talking hollywood and Phyllis didn't have too much faith in Hollywood when she was alive, and I don't imagine Hollywood has too much faith in Phyllis right now. So uh, we'll see. I mean, a lot, a lot of the the actresses who are starring in this show are uh, talking all about how, oh, you know, they just wanted to explore her life and, you know, give a balanced picture of who she is. But, um, well, that hard remains to, to be seen. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, well, it's hard to believe. Oh. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a Holly. Yeah, I'm not a Hollywood guy too much. Except uh, like Kate Blanchett is one of the stars and executive producers, and so and uh, and that's a big name, and they're spending big money. Then after that, I, I have a friend in the Hollywood uh, out there who told me he looked into it. There's all the right uh, feminists in terms of. I mean, there's all the the insider feminists who want have the axe to grind, who are unpleasant and unkind. And I guess the reason I asked you that is not because we want to dwell on how bad it'll be. It's to say this. I, listeners that care about the history of great leaders and conservatives it's like when they tried for years to make reagan and they they tried to continue the canard that reagan was dumb and then finally at the hoover institutions someone discovered all these handwritten uh commentary notes that he did which you know well jordan how uh, taxing that can be and he wrote them all and people suddenly said whoa you can't say that about him well we need to defend our people and uh, real mrs america is a good tool real miss real mrs america.com is a good tool for folks to go to uh, and and check it out and defend Phyllis Schlafly and learn more about her and I hope they'll uh, consider doing that so thanks Jordan thank you for the time and thank you for the work on that and we'll have you back on again when we get closer to the uh, series I'm I'm waiting another couple of weeks to get there's you can get a one month free Hulu uh, you know trial so I'm going to try to get it so I can get at least see a few of them and not have to pay those nitwits any money so we'll see Uh, but thanks Jordan Henry appreciate it very much We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. One of my favorite things on this show is when folks uh, send me a tweet or an email or something they see, and they say, you ought to have this gentleman on uh, your show or this lady on your show. And so that happened in this case. <clears throat> Pardon me. One of our listeners uh, told me about this uh, gentleman. He's the uh, His name is Anthony Cabasa, and he is the state chairman of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of California. And uh, he got, he's got a great Twitter feed. Anthony, I have to tell you, it's a great Twitter feed. I like following it. And I've enjoyed it since somebody put me on to you. So welcome to the program, sir. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you on. And first of all, let me ask you about uh, uh, the, um, the the response to uh, the uh, coronavirus and all this stuff. I mean, obviously, everybody's nervous. They have concerns and all. What's your sort of uh, reaction to what's happening? And, you know, in some ways, when you you talk about uh, California, we got Gavin Newsom. You talk about your role as chairman of the National uh, Hispanic Assembly. You've got, you know, Hispanic populations. How, how do you think this is going so far? Um, to be honest, I feel like it's being blown out of proportion. I mean, you know, if you look at the uh, statistics of 
the regular flu versus this coronavirus. But I, I mean, I think there's just a lot of misinformation everywhere. And I think that there are, um, you know, reports everywhere about oh, it's more deadlier than the flu. Therefore, we need to contain it. It's just really hard to kind of get a feel for what, what, how we should really be preparing for it. Is it really deadly? Who is it targeting? Um, who is the most prone to it? You know, so it's just so many contradicting things. And it seems that the media is just not helping because, uh, something that they're very notorious to be, to do is they want to be the first to report it, not be the most correct in reporting it. And so it's really hard yeah. to kind of get a sense on things, you know. And so, of course, and it also depends on what, where your source is, right? So I got my mom listening to Spanish, you know, news, and she's telling me one thing. And then she's, you know, we have family that's misinformed, and they're sending group text messages, and, and their information is wrong. You know, it's just really everywhere, you know. <laughs> so well, and and, it's, it's and one of the things I was going to I was going to ask you about in your Twitter feed a day, uh, a couple days ago. Anyone heard you wrote? Anyone heard from the churches, specifically mega churches? And then you wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, churches. People are looking to government in this time of need. It would be amazing to see the church unite and help those in need. I, 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 I want to ask you about that because I, I watch this. I'm not even talking politics. I'm talking with Anthony Cabeza, and, and he's uh, he's um, uh, the uh, at conservative at conserve Latino is a Twitter feed, which is what I'm looking at, and I'll put all this up on social media. And he's the chairman of the Republican. National Hispanic Assembly of California. But I, 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 you know, I look around, I'm like, where's the faith leaders, right? We, we're waiting for our right. congressman or our senator to tell us some deep thought on how to behave. I, I'm looking for the archbishop or the cardinal or the leading pastor. I mean, I, I what? how does that, and, and you, you're coming out of the Hispanic Assembly where the role of faith is so central. What, are, we, are we just missing something in this country right now? Yeah, that's exactly what, uh, you know, that tweet was in is that, you know, so many people look to government and, you know, I mean, I even, you know, look at my base of followers. A lot of us are Christian and Catholic and I'm like, what? You know, it's great that, you know, we do have a government that does look out for its people, but this is exactly what we talk about, right? This is what Donald Trump is notorious in saying that we, we have a faith in God, not our government. So this is now the time. This is the perfect opportunity to kind of restore that faith in our churches and our communities, kind of at the lower levels, right? And this is why I also mentioned the mega churches. You know, uh, I believe it was a, a flood at one point uh, where it was, you know, the article everywhere. Joe Olstein closes, uh, you know, doors to local church, and people were like, yeah. "Oh my yeah. God, I cannot believe this is happening," you know, and so. This is the time to kind of correct that image and kind of put it out there. You know, maybe the mainstream media isn't touching on it, but this is where they should be coming out and saying, hey, this is what we're doing for our communities. I reached out to my local pastor. There's no response yet. You know, um, it's kind of lackluster in that sense where, you know, these are the perfect opportunities where people look to leadership. And it's great to maybe look to our governor and our president. Sure, of course but also to be looking to our local churches. What are we doing for the elderly? A lot of these churches, most of their constituents, most of their mem church members are elderly people. So what are we doing for them, right? Um, and, and so I right. kind of proposed a few ideas to my church where can we be delivering, you know, goods to them? Instead of having all the ch church members go out, why don't we make a couple runs, a couple of us? You know, maybe we can buy some gas cards, uh, you know, stuff like that where we can be helping people 
and, and delivering it straight to their house instead of having them, especially with the elderly being what seems to be the most prone to the coronavirus, right, is uh, elderly people with uh, chronic diseases. And so, you know, it's kind of been a little bit upsetting. I did get some response, some people saying that their local church is doing it. But these are small churches, you know, that, you know, are, are so hole in the wall. I'm looking more toward, especially in the community, in the Hispanic community, these large Catholic churches that are right. notorious, right. that are, you know, have large <laughs> funding that are able to kind of yeah. think about, like, why aren't they communicating and kind of, you know, doing what they need to be doing, not just yeah. for their Leading. Message, for the community, restore that faith. Yeah, Absolutely. right. I agree. Now, uh, if, and I, I'm, I'm, it's amazing. I'm doing not, no politics, and you're one, head of one of the important Republican uh, uh, political organizations. So I, I'm sorry. In a way, I'm sorry about that. But I want to ask you, I'm not even talking Republican politics yet. At least I'm going to politics. When Joe Biden stands up there and says, I'm going to appoint a black woman, I'm going to appoint a woman as a, how, how is it that Hispanics don't look up and say, like, we're down in the, in the, in the, in the only group lower than it feels like than Hispanics to me in the Democrat list is like black men. They like black men. We won't ever get to you we don't care what you i mean but how does it not come across as like so insulting am i missing something yeah well polls show that younger latinos at least are polling uh bernie sanders is polling a lot higher there's actually a lot of infighting right now between the older generation of hispanics and the younger generation because a lot of the older generation they own a lot of the nonprofits. you know there's one called latino victory on twitter uh, their blue verified right. checkmark account, and they're owned by Eva Longoria. That's, so that's Hollywood money pumping money into these uh, huh. uh, campaigns and, and, and donating to uh, Joe Biden. And so they actually just endorsed Joe Biden. And so there's a lot of uh, millennial Hispanics kind of saying, wait a minute, isn't this the guy that, you know, deported the most illegals? Why are we endorsing this guy? So there, people are kind of starting to see that, hey, these guys are just pandering, you know, like these guys will just do anything for the votes. These guys in policy don't really help us out. And so that little infighting between the Bernie and the Joe Biden, that's gonna, I think that's going to really help the, the conservative argument where we where we kind of tell them, you see, we told you that it doesn't matter if the person is for them or not. These guys are all endorsing whoever buys them out. You know, so everyone, <laughs> right. off, you know, and so they're kind right. of starting to see that. So I, I make sure, you know, that I go on there and I'm like, you see, are we done? Are we done with the pandering? Are we done with yeah. what, what, what presidential nominees are going to say, whatever it takes to get the vote? Can we now go by policy? And if you go by policy, you'll see that Republicans and conservatives are a lot better for Hispanics than and have been up until now, of course, due to this virus, which was unforeseen. Uh, a circumstance, but up until now, these policies have been helping Hispanics. You know, you have unemployment at the low, record low. I mean, it, so many things. You know, GDP has grown within the households of Hispanics, et cetera, et cetera. So, I think this is going to really help that whole infighting between the Bernie Bros, uh, Latinos, and Hispanics, and the Joe Biden saying, "Okay, now we realize these people will say whatever it takes." you know, to kind of get the vote. Now we really need to stay, start paying attention to the policies rather than what they're willing to say to win, you know? Yeah, we're talking with Anthony Cabasa. And, and Anthony, now one real quick, I, I hate to do it, and I'll do it different than saying uh, President Trump or the Republican Party. California, mm-hmm. how, how do you, what's, the, what's the next couple of years feel like in terms of getting California turned in the right direction? 
You know what? Uh, there's a lot of numbers right now that show that California can go red 2020. Uh, we have 10 seats that are flippable, so my organization is going to be uh, hyper-focused on helping those 10 seats. We've sent out emails to all those 10 seats saying, how can the Hispanic Assembly get involved? How can we help fundraise? How can we help volunteer? How can we help register? California is 40% Hispanic. I mean, realistically speaking, that's really all we need to flip it red, you know? Of course, right. we'd love to help by every single American uh, out here, but that, uh, if we can focus on that with the Hispanic Assembly, just kind of hyper-focusing on them, that community talking about policy, helping these 10 seats, you know, put out policy in Spanish and in English, helping their their new their push out their content, their Twitter. I mean, I, I think you've seen maybe Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and even some other prominent uh, Democratic progressives that have even started social media in Spanish to kind of reach out to those right. Spanish speakers. And so we kind of right. need to get on the ball on that as well. We kind of need to leave that whole mentality of, like, we're all American, we should only speak English. We need to get away from that because that's how the Democrats keep winning, because they're using these tactics that are that are um, working with the Hispanic community, and maybe one day we will be at a point where we, we are all American and we are all English-speaking, and it's mandated that if you come into this country, you need to speak English. But until we get to them, uh, we need to be, again, focused on making sure that we are using the very same tactics. We're kind of reciprocating it because we need to draw them back into that conservative party. And so, again, the numbers, uh, even on the primaries, more people voted for Donald Trump than they did any other presidential candidate. And, of course, you're going to have people saying, oh, yeah, well, that's because he's the only Republican running. But then if you take a look at all the Democrats combined, sure, if every single Democrat voted for one Democratic president, that person will. But, again, we have a lot of infighting between the Joe Biden moderates and the very liberal progressive, right. uh, even Latinos, right. uh, voting. And there's a lot of people that I've talked to that are for, for Bernie because, you know, he's seen as an anti-establishment Democrat. He's yeah. seen as, as a, and then they see Joe Biden. So a lot of the Bernie bros are not going to be voting for Joe Biden. They've already made it very public. Yeah. If you scan Twitter, <laughs> I've talked to many family members. I've talked to a lot of So just because... Joe Biden and Bernie combined beat Trump, it doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of Bernie yeah. Sanders that are either going to sit it out or they're or, or, or not going to be voting or they're still going to write in Bernie Sanders. And if Joe Biden is, uh, is uh, the, the guy to go, it's, it's not going to work out for them. And so I, I see a lot of hope even just this year alone. But it's going to be chipping away at the local level, ch- uh, chipping away with the state assemblyman, chipping away with with uh, uh, congressional districts and every, everything in between. Right. Very good. All right. I got to run. Thank you. Anthony Cabasa, a great interview at Conservate, Conserve Latino, and also I'll put it up on social media, chairman of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly. Uh, good stuff. Appreciate it very much. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back, Ed Martin, here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for listening, as always. And don't forget, uh, please don't forget, reach out to me in any way. If you're home and you're uh, tired or lonely or upset or scared or anything, or just happy, sad, give me a ring. 
You can reach me directly. Text me, 314-256-1776, 314-256-1776. I intend to spend a lot of my time reaching out to my listeners and my friends and just talking. So you can text me directly, 314-256-1776. I'll call you back. Email me, ed at edmartinlive.com, ed at edmartinlive.com. Then you go to edmartinlive.com, and you can get uh, an email directly from me if you put in your email address there. Um, so I hope you enjoyed those interviews tonight. And look, I want to finish tonight by talking about um, two things. One is um, forgiveness and understanding what the moment is. And the second is righteous indignation. Okay, so the first part is forgiveness. A, a lot of people are going to make uh, mistakes. Um, a lot of people. Bill de Blasio, the mayor of uh, New York City, he seems like a jerk to me, but he, he's in the front lines. He's the mayor of New York City is on the front lines of a huge, huge city. I mean, when you're the mayor of New York City, you're, you're like running one of the biggest nations in the world. So I give him a lot of credit in this uh, time to not judge him. I just forgive him. He says stupid things. I, I forgive him. He does stupid things. He went like and took a 12-mile ride with his uh, uh, NYPD escort to go to the gym. That seems dumb to me. I don't care. I just, I just don't. I'm not going to judge him. I don't care. So forgiveness is important, and, and probably where you are, where I am with your families and with your work, it's necessary. Just find it in your system to forgive and to be less judgmental of people right now. There'll be plenty. By the way, same thing with China. I mean, I'm mad at China for what they did or didn't do. I don't know. I'm, I'm mad at everything. But I was reading Phyllis Schlafly, my old boss, her writings in 1971 and 72 and on through up till today or till a few years ago when she passed away. She was she was calling out to people describing how badly we were misjudging the situation by not understanding what the Chinese were doing back in 1971, including one, one column from 1972. I'll put it up on social media where she said, China's taking over our drug production. 1972. So I'm plenty mad at China, but not now. Right now, right now, there's only one enemy in the world. Remember, we were allies with the Soviets against Hitler. So when the enemy of your enemy, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. That's how it is in war. So try to find a little bit of forgiveness for people that say dumb things or do something dumb and also understand where we are in the system, you know, where they are in the moment, in the war. Um, and that's what it is. So there'll be plenty of time. And I'm with Josh Hawley and others who are going to make sure that we change the way we live. I, I think I'll just tell you this. I think the Trump doctrine will come to be known as the notion that even though you can trade with the world and visit the world and like the world, you keep in your own borders within your own country the basics of what you need. I think there'll be a Trump doctrine out of this, but right now, the Trump doctrine doesn't help old people not die. What helps old people not die is us getting ourselves together, staying out of everybody's way, getting letting the entrepreneurs figure out how to make um, ventilators and everything else. There's a lot to be done. So just forgive people, understand the moment, don't uh, pick the fight now. There'll be plenty of time. We'll fight. Look, as soon as we're done with all this, we'll fight over abortion, we'll fight over uh, education. There are lots of things to fight over right now. We got to fight this virus and we got to trust the people that are doing the best they can. Someone said earlier today, whatever someone does, if they do it wrong, judge the correction. In other words, we're all going to make mistakes. Judge the correction. 
Judge the ability of whoever is in leader, whether it's Trump or de Blasio or Cuomo or Gavin Newsom or whoever. If they make it wrong, if they do it wrong, judge the correction. Don't judge them on their instinct, because right now, if you were in their position, the thing you have to do is not sit idly by. The problem with a lot of leaders and a lot of people is they sit idly by. So judge the correction, you know, and, and, and even that, don't judge it too harshly. All right. But the second thing I do, I do want to rant a bit. It's become clear now that Senator Richard Burr from North Carolina, along with Dianne Feinstein from California and this uh, Senator Loeffler from Georgia, three senators, maybe there was four, maybe Inhofe is also involved. But it looks like Dianne Feinstein and Senator Loeffler, um, who sold some stock after they would have known how bad things were going to be three or four weeks ago, it looks like they're so rich. They're very wealthy. They wouldn't have tracked it well. You know, in other words, Diane Feinstein's really, really wealthy. I'm not excusing her, but I'm saying I don't think she was managing this insider trading kind of thing. And same thing with Loeffler. Her, her husband is a, um, is, runs the stock exchange in New York. So they're really rich people. The person that's really on the hot seat is Richard Burr from North Carolina. And I got to say, you talk about karma. He's the guy that went along with uh, Senator Warner of Virginia, the Democrat. Richard Burr is a Republican. And they're the ones that dragged Don Jr. in front of their committee a couple times. And Richard Burr had to do that. He had to let that happen. And it looks like, and we'll find out more, and I give him the benefit of the doubt, he better explain it, but he better hurry up. Tucker Carlson's taken this up, and other people have. What's the story? Because it looks like he got briefed on the problems about a month ago, and then sold about a million and a half dollars worth of stock. And he did it on insider trading. Now, this is one thing. Here's my venting. There's no such thing as insider trading for members of Congress. They can't be arrested for that. So they can get a briefing from the CIA or the intelligence services on something. And if they go and act on it, they have a sort of built-in defense. And... By the way, this is the same Congress that has a slush fund of like $17 million so far that's been paid out to people that alleged or, or, or showed sexual harassment against members of Congress or their staff. And it's secret, hidden from us. So, I look, draining the swamp is the, should be the goal of every American who cares, whatever your politics. If you care about America, you should want to drain the swamp of these people. And Richard Burr, he's retiring this year. He's retiring after all these years in office, supposedly, and he's rich as can be now. And now he's trading, insider trading in the months before he leaves office. I mean, he may have an explanation. I hope he does. I hope he has an explanation. But here's the thing. He better come out with the explanation now. I don't want to hear it in three months or two months. He needs to explain it right now. And if he can't, he needs to be he needs to become, you know, ostracized that's the old greek term for someone who did something so bad they were tossed out of the city never that was a term never to be uh, uh allowed into the city or recognized by that's what should happen to this guy he should be ostracized richard burr he should be disrespected so profoundly that people understand how despicable that behavior is in, in history, there'll be these characters that are caught in a moment. Maybe he wasn't always despicable, but if what he did so far, which is described as true, he is just beyond the pale. So anyway, we'll find out more about that. All right. Uh, but remember, remember, back to my thing. Maybe I should start with this and come back to it. Forgiveness. And, uh, and there'll be time in the future for going after people that did wrong. Let's just uh, focus on what we have to do now. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our technical director, Joanna, for helping produce a great program. And thank you for you all. Look, be encouraged. Be strong. 
believe in everything that we know in our gut, in our heart, in our head, we're America. We'll get through this. And I'll be back with you on Monday night. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego.